Hi, I'm Rabbi Chaim Mintz, and welcome to the 11th episode of my weekly podcast, The Mensch. I want to start talking about a concept that I think we're starting to get confused here in America. So in order to have some input, I want to ask a question. So question is the Torah, when it comes to Judaism, the Torah, what would you go and say that Judaism mostly of? Is it uh, morals? Is it filled with principles? Or is it just objectionable teachings? Which one would you say it is? Morals, principles, or just, you know, objectionable teachings that you can live by? Now let me go and say what it is. The Torah is not about morals. There are no morals in the Torah. And because Judaism does not have any morals. Now everybody's going to say, I heard from the rabbi. Judaism doesn't have no morals. No, morals change with time. For example, morals, the way we dressed in the 1920s, is totally different than the way people dressed in 2020. So moral, morality can change. Teachings, objective teachings, well, whatever we took from the Torah 200 years ago, ah, we can change it to fit it in for now. A principle never changes. The way we dress modestly today is the same way we should have been dressing in 1920, 1820, or 20, you know, in the year 20. Modesty is modesty. It's a principle. Stealing is stealing. It makes no difference no matter when it is. A principle doesn't change. So when God gave us the Torah and he taught us what is right and what is wrong and how to connect to God and how to be with God, etc., etc., how to connect to God, these connections, these ways never change. So these are principles. What was considered stealing 200 years ago is the same thing today. So why am I bringing this up? Because we Americans have certain principles that we live for, and a principle is something we're willing to die for. I'll give an example. Are we a nation that believes in liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness? The answer is yes. That's why people were willing to die over the last two, three hundred years to preserve our way of life. Principles don't change. The power of your vote is a principle that every single one of us have the opportunity to vote. Now, obviously, there can't be any cheating, but the power of your vote is most important. Another principle, which we've been bragging to all the countries of the world, is that whenever the election is over, the transfer of power is peaceful, and we move on. One of the most beautiful things is is that when you look at a politician, what they run on, you actually say, if this came out of their mouth, I should believe that is their core value. One of the things that I've noticed was, is that two weeks ago was the Democrat convention. And they had some wonderful ideas. They put up some stuff. Fantastic. I love it. Just like the Republicans also had their convention Great. You got to look at these things with an open mind and not a critical mind. If you look at everything in a critical mind, you're never going to learn what the candidates or what the parties or what the platform is all about. But everybody spoke about one thing, that while the Democrat convention was going on, there was rioting still going on in Portland. 
there was still a lot of damage going on in different places. But not once during the convention, especially from the vice president and the president, did you hear a condemnation saying, stop the rioting. We're against it. This week, it seems like the polls were coming out and it started showing that there was not much of a bump for the Democrat, just the opposite. The Republican candidate was getting closer and all of a sudden you're starting to hear speeches coming out of the Democrat Party, especially from Joe Biden. He gave a speech the other day and he said, we got to stop the violence. So my question is, is that his principal belief? Or is that something that he'll just say because he's a politician? We as Americans have to believe that every president and every vice president have core value principles that they will never cross on. The other day, I watched an interview with Hillary Clinton when asked, so how do you think the election will go? And Hillary Clinton says, Joe Biden should never concede. He should never call up and concede. I know, she said. Never concede. Well, what do you mean you don't concede? If Joe Biden is going to lose at the polls, why isn't he not conceding? What are they thinking? What is their plan? Are they thinking of doing whatever it takes to hold it up in court? That if Trump wins, we're just going to keep on going to court and it goes past January 20th and he'll be out of the presidency and somebody else, is that their plan? Is that their principle? That, that's not a principle. The principle of the United States is that whoever is the winner, the balance of power goes. I remember I voted for certain candidates and they didn't win. And all I said was, in four years from now, we'll try again. It is what it is. That's the American way. But all of a sudden, planting these ideas, you know what it's making me think? That my vote doesn't count. Because if my vote counts and my side wins, I'm not saying who I'm voting for, but if my vote wins, then the other side, all they have to do is just go to court and say, I want to know if this ballot is good. I want to know if that ballot is good. And they can tie up the courts for 50 years. Of course, they're not going to. But our vote, our principle, our holy grail, what is happening? Therefore, just like Torah doesn't change, there are certain things in America we have to make sure it never changes. And that is that we don't start suggesting before an election, never concede. Can't do that. That's anarchy being planned just in case we lose. Is this the way I want the government to be of my party or of the opposition party? And we don't have an America anymore. And the America that you and I had that was filled with principles is being rewritten. How does that make you feel? Does not make me feel good at all. This is not menschlich. Menschlich means this is not proper of how a mensch, how a human being, how a proper person, how true people sh should act. Therefore, I'm making a stand. Democrat Party, Republican Party. Get onto your principles. 
Tell us exactly what they are. And whoever wins, you won. Whoever loses, don't start doing a hijack. The country cannot last such anarchy as it is. We have too much of it going on in the streets right now. Do you want it to be on the federal level that who you voted for is now being challenged and challenged? It's not my America. Is it your America? I'd love to hear from you. The rabbi says, and the mensch demands, be a mensch. America is hanging by threads. Let's tie our flag together and do what's right. Stop making up new things. Let's keep to the principles of what created this country and made it what it is. Man, do I love this country. And I don't want to lose it. Seriously, I mean it now. May God bless America. May God continue having America the way it has been until now. Welcome back. And this is a part of the show that I really love. Questions from my producers. To tell you more about it, here is one of my producers, Jack. Take it away and explain what it's all about. Hi, Rabbi. This is What Would a Mensch Do? These are quick bites asking topical questions from today's news. For the first question, Cardi B just released a new song that is the top of the charts. However, it is extremely controversial due to its language and sexual content. Rabbi, how should parents approach discussing music or movies their kids see or hear that may be inappropriate for their age? Is it just part of growing up today? What would a mensch do? <laughs> you don't want to know what a mensch would do. You don't want to know. You must understand, in my home, even while my wife is pregnant, was pregnant, we always played Jewish music. So even in the womb, that's what you were being taught. And throughout my children, they never saw MTV. They don't even know what MTV was growing up. So to know who Beyonce is, what's Beyonce? To want to know who Cardi B is? They have no clue what Cardi B is. They have no interest to know who Cardi B is, only because now that they've grown up, they've grown up with, with music that was more refined. So when you say today, is that just part of growing up? Part of growing up is that my parents watch over me and create a bubble that I feel safe in. If you're so good in protecting your child from the coronavirus, now, why don't you protect your child from the language virus that comes off the radio? It's just as important. Great question. Thanks, Rabbi. The high holidays this year will obviously be very different. Rabbi, due to COVID concerns, how should high-risk individuals or individuals who don't feel comfortable around people celebrate Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and how will your services be different? Huh. You know, I've been working on this, and there are a few wonderful things that um, I am developing. First of all, I'm having not one service. I'm having like five different services so people can come and feel welcomed and know that there aren't that many people that will be crowding them. I'm having one even for people 65 and older and also high risk. I'm also going to be walking around the neighborhood 
and I'm already making appointments with people that I'm going to come to your home, knock on your door, stand outside your door, and blow the shofar. So this way, because you have to hear the shofar, Rosh Hashanah. So if you can't come to me, I'm coming to you. And that's how I'm going to be doing for Rosh Hashanah. For Yom Kippur, as much as people um, would love to come to services in Yom Kippur, if they're high risk, and if they're also fasting, I would say to you, it's okay to stay at home. But I will do one service an hour before Yom Kippur that they will be able to watch so they can feel like they were part of something. But this is a very important question. If you're in high risk, I'm going to be there on Rosh Hashanah to help you. Great question. Hi, welcome back. This is the final segment where I always enjoy giving an understanding of something in Judaism, sometimes a story or a parable. But this one, you're really going to like. We Jewish people have 613 commandments that we must live by. Not 10. 10 were just given at Sinai. But like charity is not part of the 10. Yom Kippur is not part of the 10. We have 613. And each and every one of them is really exciting to do. But there's one mitzvah many do not know. One of the things that God tells us is that a farmer or a person who needs to go and hook up a yoke on an ox or a cow to plow its field, sometimes they need to have another animal helping so they'll hook up a second animal. Comes God and says, you can do two oxes. That's okay. But you cannot hook up an ox and a donkey to pull your load ever. It's forbidden to ever have an ox and a donkey pulling a load together. Why not? Who cares? Get the job done. If a cow, if a cow, an ox, and a donkey can work together and get the job done, why is God interfering? This question was asked by our rabbis. The Talmud tells us an unbelievable answer to understand the greatness of God's compassion. So our rabbis tell us that the difference between the animals are the ox is an animal that chews its cud, meaning that it chews it, it goes down in the stomach and comes right back up and it keeps on chewing. Whereas a donkey does not chew its cud. It eats, it goes down in the stomach and it stays there. Imagine the two of them are pulling the tractor. The donkey's looking at the ox and said, where did it get its food from? Why did my owner give him more food than me? How come he's still eating? He's going to feel slighted. And the feelings of the donkey may get hurt. Now, to some of us out there that go by saying, like, oh, that's kind of strange. The donkey's feeling hurt. You'd be surprised. You know your local dog. You know your own cow, I mean, cat. When one is eating, the other one's looking at you. Where's mine? Yeah. The donkey wants to know, where's mine? Why did my owner not give something to me? So God gave a command not to hurt the feelings of a donkey. Our rabbis teach us, look at the great mercy that God has on a donkey's feelings. 
that there's now a command in God's holy Torah. Never put the two together because the donkey is going to get hurt. And our rabbis extend the teaching. If this is how much God cares about the feelings of a donkey, how much more so we humans must care about the feelings of another human being. Never to do anything that may hurt their feelings. How dare you? Because you've got to be very, very careful about the feelings of a donkey. In other words, you've got to be a mensch to all humanity. I love it. I want you all to have a fantastic week. And remember, just like you got to treat your donkey right, you also got to treat the human being right. Every one of us must make the right choice because you always have to be a mensch. God bless you all, and I'll see you next week.